You're listening to the postseason of Pod of Wonder. We're taking a break from our usual Wikipedia-based world-building in order to bring you games, world-building experiments, and other stuff. Hello, Wanderers. This week we are concluding our playthrough of A Modern Prometheus by Mitchell Salmon. The game is still on sale for 40% off at mqsalmon.itch.io. Salmon is spelled like the fish. So make sure to get it while you can. Also, I wanted to let you all know that after we finished the game, Gina and I had a little debrief. We talked about game mechanics, storytelling, and designing RPGs that are meant to emulate specific pieces of media instead of just a genre. So if that sounds interesting to you, keep listening after the game is over. That's all I got. So let's get to the show. A masquerade, you say? It does seem the most, uh, yeah. But if you want to put the gas, put the, put the, something with the gas pedal onto this story where we, we move things forward a bit more. Yeah, we can do that. Cause, cause with the murder, Mm. I'm seeing make a desperate inquiry. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, like I can kind of see the the loose outline where mm-hmm. you know next i'm i'm going to be evading pursuers probably mm-hmm. that's perfect okay we'll do that mm. we'll do that now that we see a direction from the yeah. story. okay so make a desperate inquiry my creation was loose stalking through the city at night burning with some unspeakable devilish purpose. Desperate to undo my mistake and rid the world of this abomination, I sought out every scrap of information I could about the creature, its movements, its actions. Somewhere I would find the key that would allow me to destroy it utterly. Okay, witness becomes a different character in between each statement, so it's character voice time, baby. Yeah. Something Robin posted forever ago that's like 100 character voices. Yeah, I looked through it. It was like a random table, and I'm like, dude, I can't do like three quarters of uh-huh. these. I How I do is I figured out a repertoire mm-hmm. of voices that I know I can do reliably, and that's all I cycle through. Yeah. <laughs> After each statement, the scientist rolls a four-sided dice. If the result matches one of the chosen numbers, cross it off. Uh, I saw the creation two nights ago, hunched under a heavy cloak and walking along the canal. What was it up to? What's that? You heard him walking. You heard him washing a cabal? It was hunched under a heavy cloak. Have you seen such a creature? Well, I don't know anything about walking under a heavy coat, but I did see some some cloaked figure uh, walking along the canals. It was kind of trailing this dripping red substance behind it. Yeah, that's blood. Go on. I mean, I didn't see where it ended up going, but it was going sort of towards the north side of town. Oh, my bad. It's the witnesses that give the statements to the scientist, and I answer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, someone hard of hearing doesn't work for for giving a statement, perhaps. (laughs) But uh, we'll... 
Uh, we, yeah. we can uh, play that way going forward. Mm. All right, so I pick out these statements, or do you pick out these statements? Well, I think you pick out uh, the statements, and yes. I have to answer them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so in that case, we should redo it entirely, because uh, you tell me what it was up to. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Uh, I think... It was trying to blend into the inhabitants of the city, perhaps figuring out who is worthy and who are sinners to be dispatched. It does seem ready to kill. There have been reports all over about disappearances, people... Animals. Never children, though. Seems like an outlier. Is this the creation's doing? I don't think so. I think if the creation is to do something, they want their act to be known. Hence the horrible and gory display we saw from the Egg Baron's murder. If the creation wanted to sulk in the shadows, stealing away random people, having them disappear, then why make such a public murder with such a mural with his entrails? It doesn't seem like his M.O. Hmm... Yesterday morning in the Universarity Librarium, I saw some sort of creationary creature among the bookshleeves. What do you think it was trying to find amongst those various tombs? I think the creation has realized that the source of power is from books and learning things, and thus it is looking for more information, because we all know that knowledge is power. Seeking a better understanding of the workings of our society, I suppose. Uh, how many more do I get? Uh, one more after this. One more. Okay. Nice, I get a coin. So... I've heard all kinds of stories about creatures like this. They, they always say that they can be killed, usually in some complex and specific ways. Do you know how to kill this creature? Sadly to say, I do not. I've made so many redundant systems in him that should you lob the head off, he will survive long enough to grow a new one. I believe, I think, if the right systems are in place, he could lose so much of his blood uh, that um, to drain him would maybe just set him back a few days. I've really put a lot of work into his indestructibility because because to labor in the mines and the labor of humans are an unforgiving one. Uh, and I've wanted to cover a lot of bases. And looking back on it, I was perhaps too thorough in the base covering. Hmm. Sounds like it. Yeah. Redundant systems. Yes. Two hearts. I put in two hearts. Yes. Well, that's just so it can love twice as much. Oh. <laughs> I'm a romantic. <laughs> Uh, that's that okay um so for whatever reason after each statement i had to roll a d4 Mm -hmm. and if it matched a random number i picked and i i 
get a coin and uh it, i did match both numbers nice. uh so and my voices were soothing mispronounces words mm-hmm. and low and grunting and romantic oh yes that's just danny okay uh yeah i think this is uh, gonna be evade pursuers I was never meant to exist in this cruel world, and the small minds of humankind reject me. Feared and loathed, I was hunted through the city streets, seeking sanctuary for slim moments, crouched in gutters and under bridges. But those who hated me pursued me ever onwards. So the scientist takes on the role of the hunter. Who leads the hunting party, and why do they pursue the creation? Place the stack of tokens on the table, the hunter takes two, the creation takes none. So you get to think. Uh-huh. On heads, the creature has the creation has the initiative. On tails, the hunter has the initiative. Mm-hmm. So boop. tails, you have the initiative. Mm-hmm. So the player with the initiative proposes a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, after each challenge, throw again. Uh, the game ends after either player makes their fourth challenge. Creation rules a four-sided die. If the result is under a number of tokens you told, you gain a coin. If the hunter is reduced to zero tokens at any time. Okay. So does that sound like a collective four challenges or four challenges each? Either player. So I mm. think it is when one of mm. us uh, hits four. So I'll mark this as one one challenge for me. Okay. Um, it goes back and forth. So I guess whoever makes their fourth challenge after that, I roll. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's under the number of tokens you hold, not mm-hmm. me. Right. Okay. Oh. oh, who are you? Uh, I I am that that like kind of like big nose, like bald hair that's craggly, whatever. Mm-hmm. Pink in, yeah, in yeah. Harry Potter. He also plays the uh, River Lord guy. Yeah, in yeah. The Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, I I'm a retired miner. Fancy myself as a. a a bit of a Van Helsing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I think there's like a meeting amongst, like, because it's primarily the wealthy people who are being targeted. So there's this meeting, like, well, what are we going to do? And like, you like shoot off a crossbow yeah. bolt into the podium. It's like, sounds like you got a monster. And right. I am a monster hunter. Yeah. Takes a monster to hunt a monster. <laughs> and I'm the worst monster to ever crawl out of the mm. gutters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bit of a goof, though. Yeah, so just this kind of weird old man. Weird old man takes himself way too seriously. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, okay. Okay, so I would say I attempt to hide disguising myself in an alley. Uh, I gain a token. Or do I have to roll first to get um, it? How do I just get a token? Yeah, yeah. You, we pick from the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I know these streets very well, and mm-hmm. I know which alleyways are dark, and and you know what type of rubble to cover myself mm-hmm. in, or whatnot is like Asia. Uh, attempt to hide, disguise myself in alley. I, I gain a token, um, and then I guess we roll again to see yeah, who has the initiative. initiative. Yeah. So tails. So you have the initiative again. Okay. Uh, you don't have any tokens, right? I have no tokens. Uh, okay, I'll get another token. I scurry below the streets, wading through muck and cry. This is very much just uh-huh. I'm like just cover myself. Oh yeah, I get some of that shit. Oh yeah, I put a peanut in there. Uh-huh. I really blend in. Yeah. Hey, you won't be able to take my scent. <laughs> so 
at this point you've you've hid and you've scurried i don't i yes. may not know i'm being pursued you, are, you do not know you're being pursued and this guy is like taking extra pains and just like doing a bunch of bull unnecessary bullshit yeah. to be all stalkery and edgy and hunty like you'll never see me coming you'll never see me coming you'll never hear me coming like, i'm not gonna be any yeah. more or less surprised than yeah. i currently am. yeah exactly <laughs> hey all right Get every vintage. Tails again. Okay. So, <laughs> so dumb. Um, Play the uh, character. <laughs> uh, okay. This is the last I gain a token. Uh-huh. Okay. I charge through a nearby building, scattering objects. Uh, in my path that doesn't make any sense that doesn't make any sense uh, oh um, no but maybe like you think i'm in this building and you're like you're gonna spring out and surprise me mm-hmm. and like just barreling through and like mm-hmm. no, no nobody's there oh what oh a token yoink odds mm-hmm. ah, fuck yes. yes i get to do something you get to do something <laughs> um Where's that thing, Nevid monster? I've hidden myself so well. So I've hidden him from me. So okay, so I need I need tokens. So it I think it's almost by accident that I realize I'm being hunted mm-hmm. as you like you stumble into the the place where I I was staying. Uh-huh. But I was like I was just upstairs. Like yeah. we looked around like. Uh-huh. Like I'm gonna get that monster, and uh-huh. like oh oh shit, I I, I guess I need to do something. <laughs> Okay, I will uh I will attempt to hide disguising myself in an alley and I will gain a token. Oh, the monster's clever using my own tricks against <laughs> me. I'll roll this time. Yeah. So we do not want even then the game kind of ends, right. right? I got a one. one. Okay. So yeah, I'm I'm hiding in this alley. You're you're kind of on the hunt like eyes everywhere just looking around and yeah, it's nighttime and it's a a dark and stormy night. The there's there's no light except for the like the distant street lamps and like kind of the shot is you're walking along, you've got your torch in one hand, probably like a a knife in the other mm-hmm. and <laughs> like you know looking around, lightning flashes and I am I, I appear in your vision filling you with fear. You discard a token. Okay. Yes, a monster! Ah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like looming above you. This, Frank, this Frank, is your, you're supposed to hate yeah. fire. You're supposed to. Uh, it's not working. <laughs> no. Like, no, I was I was programmed to withstand the fires of industry. Fire does not fear me. Okay, making a note. Making a note, note for later. Yep. <laughs> All right, roll again. Yeah, roll again. It's five. five. Another odd. Okay. Um. Normally, people like run in fear at my visage. You do not. This is perhaps surprising, but I will take this opportunity to to regroup, uh, charge into a nearby building, scouting objects in my path, and gaining a token. Different building from the the one that I live in. I, I think I'm in like an abandoned section of town. Maybe there was like a fire a while back so there's just a lot of wreckage in this area that one could charge through without uh disrupting just people living their lives i can't tell this mess from the normal everyday mess of poverty i think you went this way (laughs) (laughs) 
Even. Even. That's okay. my fourth challenge. Fourth challenge. All right. Yes. What you mean? Um, I want to make let's see. Uh, I have so many options for you to, now that you have tokens. I know. Uh, I have things you can take from me. Yes. <laughs> I force you into a location uh, that benefits me. Uh, you discard a token. Uh, I think I, I force you into a fucking hunting lodge. Uh huh. <laughs> and you're like, you know, you you think you know you're you're like you're evading me, like I'm catching you, mm. and then like you know you see an alley, and then like a sound comes, and you like kind of like corral like a wild animal, or something. Yeah. You're like, ah, I've hunted animals before, and his mm. tracks are very similar, or like his pattern of movement is similar. So like you bust through this house that looks like somewhat dilapidated, mm. uh, and you look around, there's like a taxidermy bears and mm. like antlers or whatnot, mm. and then you hear the. <laughs> of a shotgun yeah. being uh, shot. It's like, all right, boys. <laughs> this is the hunting club. I'm head of... <laughs> head of the hunting club. And it's 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 dirty. It's uh-huh. dank. It's not kept like, up yeah. well. <laughs> like it, it's still, like, partially burnt down. Yeah, so partially like, burnt down. <laughs> so it's just, like, sort of charred skeletons, <laughs> which is honestly, like, more creepy. Yeah. But... It's just a bunch of old weirdos. Old weirdos. Like, old survivalist weirdos. Uh, like nobody could kick us out of yeah. here. <laughs> so you have to roll a one to get a coin? Yeah. Just mathematically speaking, mm-hmm. like... It's uh, a 25% yeah. chance. It's not yeah, that bad. so, mm-hmm. you know, it, not mm-hmm. not all is lost. Mm-hmm. It's a two. two. No, you don't okay. get a coin. I don't get a coin. I, I mean, I guess this is not the end of the game, so how I get away from this situation, I mean, you said it in the last game, I have been engineered for invulnerability, mm-hmm. so I think, you know, I, I face this hail of, like, gunfire and probably, like, a bunch of, like, self-made projectiles, just, like, like yes. whittled, whittled wooden spears yes. and things, and... It just sort of like like ping ping ping. A chandelier crashes on yeah. you. Just like shrug it off. <laughs> like the whole time, I'm like, we did not need to be enemies. <laughs> but uh, I, I think there's enough of gunpowder smoke and just chaos in the atmosphere that I can kind of like slip out and like maybe place the the charred uh, taxidermied bear in my. In where I was standing, it's like mm. we got it, we got the bear. Yeah. Wait, bear? <laughs> wait a second, oh, bear. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Let's try steal time with a confidant. Okay. In the past, their presence has been my greatest comfort, my anchor when stormy moods overtook me, my guiding light in moments of uncertainty. Now, with my dark shame heavy on my soul. I was undone by their presence. I mean, this has to be your sister, right? Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of questions that I will not ask my sister. Uh-huh. Um, but oh. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I saw that list. Okay. Yeah. So this is, you know, when Charlotte is in town. Um, this is probably like at the, like, it, it's not a hotel or anything. They're like, she's staying with, uh, at the estate of, you know, one of her friends. And I mean, I, I think this uh, meeting starts with, you know, Charlotte kind of catching you up on, you know, what's happening back at home, kind of, you know, aside from the 
however you you care about your father that that might interest interest you or not but mm. other than that it's like it's business talk it's people you knew from school like you've moved past a lot of that right yeah eleanor's moved past that in the sense that she's very distracted by you know the creation walking around um and a lot of her mind has been occupied by this like unknown of like what is he going to do next what what have i given him you know to enact such damage and carnage and stuff like that and that uh, though she's polite and you know and a part of like this discussion is very familiar and routine that it gives her some comfort a lot of it is also like these are petty things compared to the problem at hand but uh eleanor does indulge charlotte a lot her baby sister mm. i think like they're at the age gap where like eleanor went off to college when charlotte's kind of like you know becoming a young lady or something mm. like that so missed out on a lot and is just trying very hard to reconnect with her sister and perhaps like the last surviving member of family now that father is quite ill mm, pretty much pretty much so really treasuring that connection mm. um so occupied with with other things yes i want to share the turmoil of my mind with you will you listen without judgment hmm how in depth do you get with it are you just talking about your feelings or are you talking about I have created an abomination. Um, I think Eleanor is, even though they've like, you know, have that age gap is pretty good at reading Charlotte Mm -hmm. and always starts with broad strokes, emotions and stuff. Charlotte is very good at managing, Mm -hmm. Um, but then like kind of eases occasionally into detail to kind of gauge the waters of Charlotte. And I don't think Charlotte's super like, gets it sometimes when Eleanor is super technical and maybe Mm -hmm. Eleanor can use that as a shield to like make it sound more you know very technical uh to kind of like mask uh some of the more horrific Mm -hmm. bits of it um but I think Eleanor is like very much like testing the waters of this conversation see how far she can push it with how far she can indulge and um you know, because she's distracted, might occasionally overstep and, and spook Charlotte a bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think she will listen without judgment then. Like, that's probably been a defining part of your relationship is you talk about things that the other doesn't quite get, but, like, I understand you're enthusiastic about this, or this, I know that this is giving you trouble. Like, the the finer details of it, I may not know or care about, but I do support you and empathize with you. Yeah, Eleanor definitely frames the Egg Baron murder as, like, a huge hypothetical. It's uh-huh. like, uh, what if there was a disease that perhaps uh, you discovered and didn't quite make the effort to contain, and that the only victim so far of this horrific disease, my man, you know, was uh, a bad man. A bad man that employed a lot of children in yeah. his labors. I mean, how bad really is this mm. disease? Oh, affluenza. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, a form of affluenza. It only strikes the rich, I've heard. Yes, yes, like gout. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Uh, I think we take turns. Yes, and I love the ending condition of this where the game ends when you make a comment about the weather or food. Mm -hmm. 
I don't think this is going to be phrased as like a an in character question, but like at some point in the conversation, Charlotte's kid like wanders into the room, like like mommy, mommy, like look at this thing I made. And, like, it's kind of prompting you with the opportunity to talk about something that you care about. Do you? Yes, for sure. Um, Eleanor says, my goodness, Timothy has gotten so big lately. Has he any hobbies? I see that he's done a wonderful painting. Is that a duck little to me? It's a dog. Wow, I should have asked you what it is instead of guessing. That is on me, Timothy. I think you're doing great. Thank you. Are you enjoying your stay in the city so far? Yeah, I'm, I've seen a lot of other kids around, but it looks like they don't have much time to play. They have to go all into this big smoky building and they don't come out until 10 to 12 hours later. <laughs> What's that about? Oh, Timmy, you like so much uh, of the Maxwell and Dumont family were born into privilege. You see, your great... No, it's your grandfather. My father, your grandfather, uh, also was like one of those little boys who worked very hard. And you've been at his bedside. He keeps coughing and coughing. Well, that's because he worked very hard when he was your age. But you don't have to now. That's what we call privilege. I you have privilege. You have privilege, Timothy. And it's not a burden if you know what to do with it and you recognize it. I'm going to use my privilege to be an artist. That's fantastic. I used my privilege to be a scientist. <laughs> it's like you see the Marissa create a horrific monster to get rid of the inequalities. <laughs> to get an education. I think Charlotte kind of watches that conversation, uh-huh. kind of like mentally checking against the rumors she's heard about you. It's like, uh-huh. hmm. Okay. We've been apart for many months. Have you thought well of me in that time? Oh, of course. Charlotte has nothing but good thoughts for her older sister. Does the Charlotte, re- like, can Charlotte tell that Eleanor is like, under a lot of stress, but like trying to keep it together and like trying to do this like personal time as a mm-hmm. thing of self care or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like she she knows her being here is kind of a, a surprise mm-hmm. and like maybe a bit of an imposition, but you know it, it's been so long and she's here on family business anyway. It, it's pretty much like you have to see her. To and see. and she, she's aware of, of that kind of obligation and like took great pains to make sure it was like, are you sure it's okay? Oh, you don't please. have to see no, me. No, I, I would love to see you. My heart would break if I didn't get to see you. You were in the same town as me. What, what, how different is Eleanor from like the last time? Uh, she and Charlotte hung out, and I imagine this was before Eleanor began her obsession. Yeah. What about Eleanor has like really changed? That Charlotte's uh, like trying not to point out or like yeah. be freaked out about. I mean, like you can definitely tell she's being polite about a lot of things. Like, like you're you're not quite from a like a noble family, but you you did have means, and there are like certain societal standards, and you. 
never kept to a lot of them, but you are keeping even less of them now. Mm-hmm. So, like, she's not quite ready to, like, write you off as the eccentric, probably gay aunt. <laughs> but... You know, it's like, oh, you know, my my dear sister Eleanor, she's very quirky. I haven't married because of my studies, because of science. I really like science. <laughs> yes, I she's, she's married to science. I'm married to science. <laughs> oh, this other scientist, female scientist that we've shacked up together, it's, it's, it's the rooming yes. cost of Look, university. Yes. Look, we, we live next to each other. We have a shared garden. Sure. Yes. For, she's a botanist. She's a botanist. <laughs> <laughs> there was a murder just around the corner from here a few weeks ago, I heard. It's ghastly business. It certainly is, and it's very unlike most murders where the person is dead and the murderer ensconced. It seems like some grim business was done to the body afterwards. I know your business keeps you towards the uh, the university district, but just promise me whatever is out there, whatever is doing harm to these people, stay away from all of it. Keep yourself safe. If you think you might be in danger, just get out of that situation. Can you promise me that? I don't know if I can, Charlotte. You see, the situation, the problem, it is my fault, and I've tried very hard these past few weeks to avoid it, but it seems to always be catching up to to me. I am quite apt in evading physical harm, as I've been doing these past weeks, but mentally, well, I'm in anguish, for every day this creature wrecks havoc, uh, it reflects upon my conscience still. At, at this point, somebody rings a bell to mm. say that food is ready mm. because we're running out of questions that aren't physically affectionate. Yeah, there was a lot uh-huh. on there now that I'm rereading it. I mean, like, you know, I try to tell you how I feel about you. That's That can be interpreted as yeah. sisterly or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, sandwiches are ready. Mm-hmm. My, uh, the chef here has prepared some sort of Middle Eastern dish called hummus. Oh, how quaint! Yes, <laughs> very exotic. Fantastic. I think I got two coins from that. I have a lot of coins. You standing. do have a lot of coins. I'm good at games. I know. <laughs> Crushing this. I'm feeling like I'm going to stalk Charlotte. No. And maybe this might lead to a final confrontation afterwards. <gasps> how dare you? We, yeah, it depends on how the game goes, I suppose. So, stalk the creator's confidant. My creator's vain selfishness gives them little concern for others, but at least one holds a special place in my blasted parent's heart. Through them, I reasoned, I could strike out at my creator. You take the role of your confidant. Who are they? We know that. Uh, Charlotte Dumont married into wealth, so definitely part of the creation's M.O. Yes. Where are they when they encounter the creation? I think they're packing up their carriage to uh, uh, go back home to the countryside. Mm. So, stack of tokens to represent the fear. Fear begins at zero. Creation makes four challenges which the confidant answers. After each challenge is answered, the confidant increases fear by one, then rolls a four-sided die. 
If they roll below fear, they flee from the creation's presence. If fear reaches three, the creation takes a coin. If the creation makes all four challenges without the confident fleeing, the creation makes one final challenge. Okay, cool. What if you're, like, loading up the carriage? I wouldn't say during the daytime, because, you know, you wouldn't be leaving for uh, a journey at town at night. So I'm kind of taking a risk by being out here, like in the daytime, in my hunting grounds. And I think maybe I see you a bit as someone I could try to talk to. Like, you know, you're effectively my aunt. You you married into a higher class, but you didn't necessarily come from it. So maybe I'm trying to... Like, shake your opinion of your sister in in such a way that if you reject them, then they will have nobody. Mm-hmm. And, and that is partially the revenge, partially, like, priming them for, for further action and despair. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, we'll start with the uh, me approaching you. You know, you've you've sent in your your children back inside for any kind of like make sure you didn't leave any toys behind, mm-hmm. like say goodbye to your uncle, whoever my husband's relative we're staying with is, <laughs> and I, I appear to you in the shade, uncovered, not in the the beggar's cloak, mm-hmm. and you see the amalgam of of human and animal and machine that your sister has created do you recoil oh for sure yeah like i think she's so scared that even like a scream is strangled in her throat it's just like oh uh, and she's just frozen so okay I take so a take fear, a fear and then, you roll. Then, then i think you roll the die actually they roll below the fear uh, which with a three no uh, then you take a fall. no okay. then I flee. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. You know, I I realize what I look like. I'm not I'm not trying to scare you. So I, I start out by just telling you about my experience, my suddenly being brought to your life by your sister and, and just been kind of living in a state of conflict ever since then. Like being built to work, kind of wanting to work, wanting to protect children seeing the danger that the wealthy pose towards society. Do you listen without judgment? Um, I think Charlotte listens without judgment because she is so afraid that she cannot do anything but just listen to what you're saying at face value and processing it further in order to like have a judgment or have an opinion is going to be like way after this conversation when her heart rate recovers Mm. uh so yes she she listens to everything at face value yeah and you roll again okay so i gotta get uh Below a two. two. I got a two. Got a two. Okay. Is that, I think that's okay, right? Yeah, it has to be below it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I mean, just going with the what I stated at the beginning, I, is, I curse the scientist and all that they have done to me. Do you rebuke me? Charlotte very weakly says, 
Eleanor? Like, almost like, that doesn't sound like Eleanor, right? Uh-huh. Like, just not being able to pro- put two and two together mm-hmm. that you are in association with Eleanor and all this turmoil mm-hmm. that Eleanor uh, mm-hmm. is experiencing is tied to you because you're so horrific and just, like, you know, putting that with her beloved sister is just like not pro- uh, uh-huh. processing um so it's like a very light almost confused yeah. rebuke it's like, this isn't so, like how could she know i almost want to say like maybe like one of the object parts of me is like some kind of heirloom or thing that you recognize mm-hmm. sort of like it, there must be some truth to to what this creature is saying because mm-hmm. uh, like i gave eleanor this like a candelabra or something, like connecting, like where my my elbow would be. Or... Why did you steal that from? Yeah, yeah. Um, like very much doing mental gymnastics to kind of like, at, at least in this moment, Charlotte mm-hmm. is like trying to cushion herself. But I think like later on when she's on a carriage ride back home or after she flees, she like remembers her conversation with Eleanor and, and what the creature says mm-hmm. and it's like, nope, they match and this is true. Yeah. Uh, so you do Wait. get a get a yeah. coin. Fear has reached three. Um, and I rolled a four. Okay. So uh, the creature makes all four challenges. Okay, so last challenge then is I take your hand. May I? Uh, and and this is with the tool hand, so very pointy and, and dirty and definitely recoil away. And now it's 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 like um, a a a switch has been put uh-huh. into her where before she was frozen, unable to process anything. With you reaching out for her hand, or like even just mm-hmm. the slightest touch, she recoils and just like starts running or like is in full motion like fight or flight adrenaline has rushed through her system well yeah let's see if the the die roll says yeah flight. if i can flee yeah or maybe you grip it uh uh two two that's less yeah, that's okay less. game ends after the final challenge or the confidant flees mm-hmm. okay I think, yeah, there is that moment where I'm, like, reaching out to you from the the shade of a tree, and then, like, Timothy's calls, like, like, mommy, I'm ready to go, and, like, that kind of, like, shakes us both out of it, and mm-hmm. that's when you, like, you bolt for the, the, the carriage, mm-hmm. and... Yeah. Like tears streaming, yeah. hyperventilating. Uh, What's wrong, mommy? <laughs> just hold you close <laughs> to me. <sighs> just, just holding to me and kissing his head, and just mm. holding him and crying. Final confrontation. Uh, I, yeah. What happens between that event? Like, does Charlotte go to Eleanor, or is something mm. else happening? Let me- let me read this setup for final confrontation. Mm-hmm. So maybe I can piece that together. Okay, so I, I see two different things. One, mm-hmm. Eleanor was in that house the whole time, you know, helping pack up and mm-hmm. can meet there. Um, or you kind of stay and hang around in that estate after Charlotte has left with Timothy and all that stuff. And Eleanor comes uh, by later um, to like, it's like, oh, Charlotte, I have one more thing to tell you, but oh no, it's too mm-hmm. late. Uh, let's talk to you. Ooh. Yeah. Um, like, I thought you were leaving tomorrow. Oh, no. I, I must have messed up the dates. You know, something like uh, that. Um, so what if... I have a scenario that works for both of those. Mm-hmm. Like, 
like maybe you witnessed us from the window, like, and from your like distorted vision saw me like reaching a claw out mm-hmm. towards uh, Charlotte, mm-hmm. or like when whenever Charlotte like turned away, like a scarf or something got caught on my claw. So you you come across like me like with your sisters like. An accessory, you know, on my claws is like, what did you do? Uh, oh yeah, like I don't even think a scarf needs to be caught. Like you're at where she stayed. Uh-huh. Like I find you where she's like, what were your intentions? Like, did you see my sister? Like, what did you? Yeah, yeah. Very much like you're at her house. Uh-huh. You're sitting in front of our house. Okay, so I think it's like evening. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte left. I think she wanted to leave early and Eleanor either got the time messed up or, or whatever but is arriving in the evening to try to catch Charlotte before she left and has definitely missed mm. that and sees your hulking figure uh, still at the front. Uh, and the love for her sister and protectiveness of her finally overcomes uh, Dr. Maxwell's like avoidance mm-hmm. uh, whatever and is like nope I'm gonna march right up to you and you're gonna talk cause you are uh-huh. threatening my sister okay um, uh, we finally stand face to face the events of the last months heavy on our minds The scars we have inflicted on each other, on our hearts, the sky above us, stormy and laden with portent. We will not both return from this, not in the way we may hope. So, we've done the setup. Choosing location is a strong word, but do we want to relocate to someplace less public or have it out here? I, I imagine, like, since it's a rich person's house, they have some privacy in their mm. like front yard or yeah. whatever like i imagine that that it's like that carriage turn mm-hmm. uh turn circle yeah, thing yeah, yeah. where yeah and it's like some kind of like tree or woods are out but like you know it's still a few like quarter mile to the main mm-hmm. road or something like okay. that observe one another what do you notice about your opposite i think i notice about you a, a way that I've never really seen you before because you know you maybe have you do make some uh, attempts at civility and and appearance for your sister so in my mind that puts you more like with the rich people that I hate like you've worn your finest gown however many seasons out of date it might be you've brushed your hair in in an, an attempt at something proper and kempt yeah, my hands, I've never done a day of hard labor in my life. Mm. You know, you can tell. Yeah. You've done science with them, but it's, <laughs> it's not hard labor regardless. Uh, what do you notice about me? What do I notice about you? I notice my sister's scarf torn, tattered in one of your, in your clawed hand, mm. in your, like, machine hand or whatnot. Uh, and I notice that you are here on purpose and it is not a wandering like random wandering that you found yourself Mm -hmm. upon this estate um and i see intent in your eyes it has been months like i have i have been hunted and living on the streets i am like considerably more monstrous and and dirty than the fine-ish kind of like clean creation like where you could see the different parts of me, like like animal and machine and human, it's all just sort of like 
blended together in like brown and red. Uh, okay, so I'll spend a coin. Uh, I scream an accusation at you, drawing on a well of white hot hatred. Do you respond or do you ignore I scream, What did you do to Charlotte? Where is she? What did you do to my sister? She's innocent. How dare you attack my family? No one is innocent in this world, mother. Charlotte is gone, far from where you or I can reach her now. Oh my god, I'm gonna try to... That's, uh, what do you call it? Uh, fighting words. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I lure you into a trap that I have prepared in advance. Mm-hmm. So, I'm gonna say I... I've spent some a few hours here, like, knowing you would come eventually. So I kind of, like, round the corner of the house uh, towards that tree that I was in the shade of during the scene with Charlotte. And I've kind of, like, rigged up just a simple snare trap. Like, you, you, you could step into it and it would cinch around your leg and pull you upwards. Do you fall for it or do you avoid it? I... I think I avoid. I think instead I know that I am physically not able to like hurt you as is right now. So it's it makes sense for me to not follow you and to call for reinforcements. So I mm. think what uh, Doctor Maxwell does is like go to the front and like ring a big brass bell or something like that. Um, so I'll spend another coin. I signal allies uh, to join the fray. Uh, do you strike them down or avoid doing them harm? So these are just like, I guess, like house guards mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, but uh, very much making a ruckus. Uh, be like, the monster, I found it. You, go get the constables. You, corner him. You know, mm-hmm. stuff like Maybe like one of the uh, house guards does fall for the uh, snare trap. Yeah. I, I think... The monsters may be torn at this. Like, like these these people are mean to do me harm. They are they are just as much like tools of the rich. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would try to l- maybe lead them into some traps without like actively doing harm on them if I can avoid it. Mm-hmm. But if they do like get past me and, and come close, I will strike them down. Mm-hmm. At at this point, like. The rich people are my enemy. The the working class have been turned against me with these guards and the hunter and the the people in factories fear me just as much as the people in the mansions. And so I, I will cry to the uncaring heavens about the the injustice of everything. Being born into this cruel world against my will and struggling ever since. Do you respect my anguish, or do you mock me? I think a part of Maxwell was like, well, you fucking ran away. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before I could teach you anything about the world, to find you a purpose, a job for what you were made, and you were made for a specific job, and here you are, run away, without doing what you are best at what you were made to do of course you feel out of place of course you found anguish uh how could anyone if they are not doing what they 
can do best, right? Um, and I think uh, Dr. Maxwell says, it's like, well, you wouldn't feel that way if you were doing what you were made to do. And I, I mean, I'm out of uh, coin bells at this point. Uh, so, okay. like, with, with the realization that, uh-huh. you know, someone's problems are entirely of their own making, uh-huh. I just sort of drop to my my lupine knees and just at the the agony of it all it it starts to rain as it does whenever it's dramatically appropriate in this city and and just I'm at your mercy now Uh, yes I think uh, Maxwell uh, steps up close to you seeing that you're in kind of a posture of supplication and not uh in fight um, and just puts a shaky hand on your face and uh, be like come now, let's find a place for you. Come back home. Okay. So I guess we decide how how it ends. How, how would the monster feel that about like the monster knows he's been made to work that he is exceptionally good at working and that's what he was created for and he hasn't worked this entire time how does it feel after like does he uh, one does he even like try it out like oh let me go down to the mines and do what I was made to do and how does he feel after putting in like a solid work week and seeing that like oh look at me doing all the things that now kids don't have to do anymore. I you know, I think it feels good. Like like he's been kind of fighting against this purpose the whole time. Like simply because it wasn't something that he chose. And so maybe in in a slightly kind of dark way where like, oh you're like your purpose is to labor, but you don't mind it. But I mean, it, it really kind of is that simple. Like, he does not mind it. And because of of his work, children don't need to, to labor anymore in, in this dangerous position. And he, he, in a way, he becomes that, that first child. Like, yeah, this is my life. There's some horrible things to it, certainly. But sometimes I, I don't have to work sometimes. And... And it's in those periods where he feels a little twitchy again because it's not doing his purpose. But the the real horror is capitalism. I yes, guess. the real horror is capitalism and the pains we have to go to sustain such a structure. Mm-hmm. I think Maxwell feels little to no guilt for taking all the options away from the creature mm-hmm. and being like, "You were born to work, and you will work till you die." Yeah, <laughs> because that's all we know. Yeah. So what happens with Maxwell? Does she make more creatures? I, Does she get any like money or anything? I I think with the creatures, kind of, sort of, almost, yeah, success. Now that he's working in mines, she's commissioned to make more and learns that she hates it. And it's a high-stress, high-strung 
job that she is now also forced into, yeah. right? Uh, that it's almost like, yeah, she made that choice to be a uh-huh. scientist to make that thing, but now she has to, like, stick with it, and it's just equally as bad and yeah. horrible that she is ingrained and stuck uh, with making all these creatures. Mm. And I think, like, by, like, the you know, eighth or ninth, she is like slowly starting to realize that no, this is bad. I'm being bad. Mm. This is evil. Yeah. I, the conscience is weighing on me, and the monster is perhaps right to like rebel, but yeah. I'm stuck in this, and I'm still going to enact this mm. horrible thing on this world. And I think, like, close to the end, where she's losing her mind, she's just muttering, For the children, it's for the children, it's for the children. Yeah, it's, it's all fun and games when you're giving the middle finger to the, the board, but, you know, once... Once, once the board be- kid is in charge of your funding? Yeah, once <laughs> you find a job you love, you never work a day in your life. Like, no, that's not true. That's not like, true. then your, your passion turns to a crushed soul. Yes, exactly. As the thing you enjoyed becomes your, your means of survival. Exactly. Beautifully put. Mm-hmm. <sighs> And that's why we never make money on this podcast. <laughs> because, because then we'd hate it. The end. The end. Thank you, Gina. Thank you, Danny. You're welcome, Danny. The real horror was Pot of Wonder. I can tell the author, like, really, like, read and analyzed you know, uh, Frankenstein and was like, I'm going to make an RPG, right, mm-hmm. uh, based on this. But there were some mini games where the mechanics didn't really match up with the intent. Yeah. And it was hard to navigate. And somewhere it's like, okay, so I take tokens, so why? What is this? Mm-hmm. And I, I know it's like a hard balance. Yeah. Right, but mainly, you know, like the reason why we have dice and why we have mechanics and why we have tokens is because we want to fucking win. We want to get the most fucking coins. Right. You know, it's like using the mechanics to kind of push player decision. But some of the games I didn't feel like really use that leverage mm-hmm. on us yeah. or help direct. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a s- certain things that go into like gamifying a, a particular story like mm-hmm. like you said incentivizing and things but mm-hmm. at the same time like it like if with the right people you're playing with you don't even necessarily need that mm-hmm. like if it just enough to tell like to tell the story yeah where you know the the tokens and things kind of feel optional in a way they do they definitely feel optional in a way and it's almost like a, a new thought has come to my mind in game design is that you um, thinking back to like Great British Bake Off and mm-hmm. Flo saying like, is it worth the calories, right? Like, yeah. is the mechanics worth the reading and fussing out? Yeah. Right? It, because like, yes, you're allowed to interrupt the story a little bit, the flow of the story to like figure out dice and mechanics and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But in that time that you're figuring out and interrupting a flow, is it worth it? Does it propel the story even further mm-hmm. once you figured out that dice and yeah. tokens, right? And yeah. yeah, and you do kind of end up in situations where, like, the, the first part of the the being hunted thing, where mm-hmm. like you had three tokens and I had none, or mm-hmm. toward like the last scene when I had two coins and you had five, mm-hmm. like just because there there is a, a back and forth nature, like by the mechanics, like you're limited to whoever has the least amount of coins. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yes, yeah, sometimes mechanics are very useful to measure out when a, when a 
like mini game is at a close, right? Mm-hmm. So like we know this ended when this mechanic happens, but with you and me at least for a lot of it we're like, yes, we know when this conversation is going to end. Like mm-hmm. it, we we are able to just reach a very organic conclusion without running out of tokens yeah. or something. So like were those tokens needed in the first place? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm not trying to rip this game apart. I I really enjoyed playing it, but I I like the aftercare of like discussing. Yeah. And there, I assume there has to be some article about their, like, I, I know there are game designers talking about, like, genre emulation. Mm-hmm. Like, I was looking for something that Jay Dragon's going to do, mm-hmm. uh, like, about genre emulation. But, like, this raises the question about specific property emulation. Mm-hmm. Like, it's pretty much Frankenstein the RPG. Yeah. And there are a lot, a lot of games like that. Like I know there's like the Shira RPG, or like the we're playing Hell's Moving Castle, the, the RPG. RPG, and I really enjoy yeah. it. Like I am a big fan of uh, what did you call uh, copyright emulation mm-hmm. or, yeah. or specific? Spe- yeah, and like so, like when you're drawing from that one source, or like. Like, even more than drawing from it, trying to emulate that specific kind of story. Mm -hmm. Like, the characters aren't just typed. They are literally, like, existing characters from the story, like, that you just put your own kind of spin on. Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder if kind of putting in the, the mechanical structure like we've seen is maybe a way of, like distancing yourself from that source material Mm. so like you're not just telling this story like the mechanics are here in a place to guide you like specifically into different directions Mm. like you make the choices going after the mechanics so you're not just telling the story of like the book or movie or whatever Mm mm-hmm you're incentivized to go off into different directions or like you have your list of options. Like maybe you get a mechanical bonus out of it, but really that's just there to like encourage you to make a choice. I, I, yeah, because like with a book, it's solid, it's done, it's a linear, you know, it's only ever going to be how it is. Mm-hmm. But when you create a game that is based on the book, you're able to take each element of it and give it like seven, eight different possibilities yeah. for, but it is still seeded by an event in that book, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's one of the like, crazy amazing things about game design is you can take a story that everyone's familiar with and find different Mm -hmm. facets of it yeah like in a way it almost feels like fan fiction yeah we're doing fan fiction we did a a frankenstein fan fiction is what we fucking did Uh, yeah 100 percent. yep and (laughs) honestly it's pretty great actually (laughs) like even like some things kind of wear the the fan fiction label more like our traveling home definitely is like this is Howl's moving castle like fan fiction mm-hmm. like you've got your transform person you got a witch you got a monster you got a demon mm-hmm. and you know sets you up to tell the kind of story that like the characters in Howl's moving castle could have done if mm-hmm. they had just made different choices yeah. or were put in a different setting yeah yeah and also, like, part of the principles was, like, to be dramatic about your feelings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some of the prompts, I don't know, uh, maybe it was just me reading it, were, like, dry. And mm-hmm. that I really had to work very hard to put feeling and drama behind 
them. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, because it does say embrace the Victorian melodrama, but and then it's asking, like, do you respond to, like, this particular situation? Mm-hmm. When, you know, obviously by the principle, the answer would be, yes, of course you do. You you respond loudly and largely. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it makes it less gamey to just say, like, you respond to this, or, like, how did, like, you respond to this how, mm. or, like, you respond to this dramatically. Like, I lean in to kiss you, how do you respond? Like, like not even, like, a may I. It's mm. how, like, the leaning in to kiss happens, it's what you do with it, not... Not whether they have permission to or not, it's Mm -hmm. what you do with that action. Yeah, because part of the action is also rejection, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, what do you do? Part of the option is to reject it. Well, with the may I, it's just a yes or no, and kind of flattens the, you know, building up of Mm -hmm. of it. I wouldn't tell somebody how to fix their game, but like like redirecting things from a, a yes or no... And then changing the the mechanical incentive to so it's not like whether you like whether you answer yes to something like mm-hmm. like if the other person maybe responds to to your emotional reaction like negatively or positively mm-hmm. yeah I mean I, I keep thinking about that moment in our thirsty sword lesbians game mm-hmm. where Rosalind went in for uh, a kiss with Teresa mm-hmm. and like Robin just had this moment of like. Like, no, what the fuck are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. this is not the time for this. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, that's more interesting than, like, can I kiss you? Like, the answer is, like, the answer was no, but the reason behind the no was so much more interesting than the denial. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And then me as a DM is freaking out, like, okay, I hope this is in character because they're safety mechanics and I just want to make sure that everyone's uh-huh. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was, oh, it was really good. Yeah. <laughs> This has been Pod of Wonder. You can find us on Twitter at Pod of Wonder. You can email us at podofwonder at gmail.com. And you can buy some t-shirts at society6.com slash podofwonder. Our opening theme is Opening by Komiku. And our closing theme is Glue Glue, also by Komiku. Komiku.